What you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. What's up, everybody? I'm back. Thank you for all the, the notes, the emails, the messages saying, where's the podcast, Jeremy? Where's the podcast? It's here, boys and girls. Today I have a... Guess I've been trying to get it. We've been trying to get make this happen for like a month now. Oh, man. It's going to be fire. <laughs> yeah. So. I have my good friend... Mr. Devin Bonaparte. Hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? What's going on, man? Oh, uh, man. Going good. <laughs> yeah, what, what's new, man? We don't get to hang out as much. Uh, I know, man. Uh, just been busy trying to basically get into the acting world. Like, as you know, I already mm-hmm. started doing the modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out of left field. You know, me, I, I take the risk. If people say that I can't do it, then I love to prove them wrong. Right. So, right now, a lot of people be saying that, well... You good at modeling, but you might not be good at acting. That's different. That's it. All right, we're gonna see. So <laughs> now that's what my next step is. I'm trying to get on the big screen, man. Mm-hmm. Try to get it to get one of those Marvel checks. You know, yeah, <laughs> you gotta get a Marvel check. <laughs> Definitely. But other than that, man, um, uh, I'm trying to find different ways so I can generate some money, uh, work for myself, be my own employer. Uh, basically, taking it as like breaking it down as a plan, you know. Uh, I need to find a way so I can make more time to build the career that I want because Mm -hmm. me working is, like, basically taking way too much time away from what I want to do. I mean, everybody probably know that. You spend more time at your job than you even do at your house, you know. So I want to limit that to, well, I want to do something that I like, I can meet more people and, you know, and discover different things and bump into people that I probably might, you know, never see on a normal basis at the job that I do. So Mm -hmm. basically that's what um, my goals is right now. Nice. Yeah, so we we met back in, what was that, like 2011, 12? 2011. 2011 was a good year. We hit it (laughs) off real quick, too. Definitely, definitely, definitely did. Um, We was at the, what was that, the rec? I have first? no idea. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, it was at I was the thinking rec. about this last <laughs> night. I was like, so how the fuck did Devin and I actually meet? Like, we just, uh, all of a sudden, we were friends. So, uh, I think it was, more than likely, it was at the rec. We was hooping, and mm-hmm. we partnered up on teams. We was killing, and then that's when, I want to say, we left, and we found out we actually just stayed, like, yeah. super close to yeah. each other. So, after that, then, you know, um, chill. We just wrapped it up, and... Play 2K, you know. I had to pick my Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I had to pick my Warriors. Yeah, yeah. I got to I gotta show you a little bit of love just real quick. You're the first and only Warriors fan that uh, I respect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. You're you know, the first one that actually rooted for them before they were what they became. Oh, man. Uh, and funny story about that is it's so hard because I'll say 2017 was one of our best years, even though we didn't win the championship. But it was one of the best years we had. And But it was so hard to be a Warriors fan because it's like, are oh, you just a bandwagon? Are oh, you just a bandwagon? So I had to put up so many fight with and argue with so many people. Like, bro, I've been liking them since they had Monte Ellis. So, yeah. you know, 
that was my guy. Monte was my was guy. Nice. Yeah, he was yeah. definitely nice. A Mississippi guy came from Mississippi. I follow him. He had a 72 points in one game versus rival school. That's how I found out about him. So when I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he going to be nice. Mm-hmm. So once he got to the league, he changed it up, and, you know, he played fastball. And he was about my height, 6'2", shooting mm-hmm. guard. So, and I played basketball, too, so I looked up to that type of stuff. Yeah, you were almost as good as me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's basically how I say, like, once we, we started, we played 2K, chopped it up, talked. And then, you know, after that, we did a couple business together. And then after that, it was just boom. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I realized that you was definitely a good friend is when I went to jail. When I went to jail, I was facing like 30 years, bro. Really? So... I didn't know it was that bad. Bro, it was bad. It was bad, bad. (laughs) So I'm in the courtroom, and judge called me up, and, you know, seeing the hearing, she like, well, yeah, you know, we got you for um, selling narcotics. We got you with three B felonies, um, uh, one count of uh, codeine, uh, another count of Adderall, another count of ecstasy, another count of... Shrooms, another counter, marijuana. I'm just Damn, like, I wish I would have known this in bro, college. I could have come to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking around. Everybody looking at me like, "Damn, motherfucker, you was out here getting it like that." So <laughs> I'm just like, as soon as she calls me, she's like, "You please." I'm like, I mean, it's no way to lie about it. So I'm just like guilty. So oh. next thing you know, oh, say, yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, they had already. They literally had 14 counts on Jeez. me. So it's no way you're getting around 14 counts. Yeah. If they have control buys from you, mm-hmm. I mean, they have audio and nothing like that, but they had control buys. Right. And that's just kind of hard. Like, if it was like three, you can fight that. Yeah. But 14, you're not fighting that. Right. So it's no point for me to taking it to trial to fight it. And then, because when you take things to trial, you have to literally, you will literally get the max. Mm-hmm. And my max was 30. So it was 10 each B felony. So I got my lawyer... The first month I was in there, um, first month I was in there, it was just like I was cold as shit, first of all. Let's say that. They don't give you nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you do plan to go to jail, y'all, or I'm not saying plan, <laughs> but if it happens, just make sure you're wearing white. Because so, if you wear white, you get to keep it on. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I learned that. So I had to order long johns and stuff like that. And that first month was just like tragic. Only person who came to see me was uh, Deanna. This was back when me and D was like mm-hmm. dating and stuff. So she come, she came every day. Mm-hmm. I remember. I, like it was crazy every day. So I'm just like, all right, cool. She came, and I want to say it was March. March you came, and when you came, I was like, damn, that's crazy. I barely even know this guy like this. Well, yeah, we did business together, but I barely even know him. And he actually came to see me in jail, seeing how I am, mm-hmm. and. At the time, I had two houses, next apartment buildings, two next next door each other, where it was four in one house and four in the other house, and none of them guys ever came to see me. Never called, never came, never put no money on my books, never nothing. Like, never seen them guys again. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, like, this is somebody I got to keep in my circle. Yeah. You know? So it's a couple of people that I got. That I know for sure that I can call, depend on, even not even if I need anything, just you know, just to call, just be like you know, check up on them and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it's you, you are part of that circle. My guy Hollis, Rod, so Mike, 
uh, Keenan, Keenan Williams, um, and I got my guy Henry, and shit, who else is out there, you know, I got a couple more people out yeah. there, but name on top of here, those my my guys yeah. and stuff, so it's just putting that, like, getting past that sitting in jail all those nights, thinking like, damn, you know, it's fucked up how I get in here, how I get in here. The third month I was in there, you get a motion discovery. Everybody. So you get the whole rundown of everything from the police mm-hmm. uh, point of view. So like what happened? like how Exactly. You got, okay. So how they got it, how much money they spent, all this stuff mm-hmm. and everything. So they spent up to at least about like three grand just buying shit no from shit. me, bro. So I'm like... And all that money, I got to pay back. Mm-hmm. Just It's called restitution money. Yep. Very fucking stupid, but yeah. whatever. It's the law. Okay. Yeah, you thought you made money. Exactly. Yeah. So, But um, the whole time when I was in there for that three months, I got that motion discovery. And then I found out that all these controlled buys was coming from the same person. And I'm like, damn, I'm trying to think, like, how did I link with this person? So I continue reading. My best friend got jammed by that person first. Oh, man. And then once he got jammed bomb, basically, they asked him where they get it from, blah, blah, blah. He gave him the source, and then he fled back to Indy the day of. We had the, remember the rec tournaments that they have and stuff? So I jumped in one with one of my friends uh, from Cali, and we was killing. We left, and I got a call from him. He was like, yeah, man, I got this girl. She want to buy everything. So I'm like, you know, all right, cool. This my guy from kindergarten. You right, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Let's do it. Next thing you know, give it to her. I walk through the back uh, of the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, any, if you're from Bloomington, you'll know the stadiums. But yeah. So I walked back from the stadiums, and I walked through the I mean, I drove through the back. As I'm leaving, literally, they're coming through the front, raiding the place. Mm-hmm. So... And when I was on my way, I actually was on my way to your house. So I was actually on my way to your house. So then when I drove past them, I seen two cops at a house. And I'm like, damn, they, they own somebody. So the whole time, the person you. they was on, they was on me. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. So I get, you know, I'm driving, I drive past, I see them run to the car. I'm like, damn, is they, damn, is they really about to pull me over? So I turn around, turn in the parking lot, turn the car. Then next thing you know, I got like three folk. Squad cars behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like Jesus. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, they thought I was like Nino Brown or something mm-hmm. out there. So I'm just like, nah, man, it ain't nothing like that. Blah blah blah. I'm just going to my girlfriend's house. Uh, and they like, well, we got um, suspicions of you selling blah 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 distribution and all this. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, that ain't me. And all this stuff. And then one of the cops come and he just said my whole full name. At that point, I'm just. I'm not saying uh, yeah. anything at yep. that, so I know what's up. So, yeah. but I think it's important to know just because, like, not everybody that listens to this mm-hmm. knows about the culture down in Bloomington, and like you, you mentioned that you have all these things, but that's like it's almost normal down in Bloomington. Yeah. Like, if you're in that college, if you're in the college scene, like, um, I mean, you're you're doing different drugs, like you're Definitely. you're smoking weed like every day. Yep, um, you're taking Adderall all the time, all the time. And doing whatever whatever else you can, just because like it's college and it's kind of kind of the town like that's mm-hmm. the culture of that town. So like you say all this, like you had all these things, but like I just think it's important for people to know 
that that's kind of normal for for yeah, Bloomington. Yeah. yeah. And so, like to back up, like the reason that I felt compelled to come see you whenever you were in jail was because, like, yeah, we we connected real quick and we like did business together. We we had like a good relationship, and I knew the con like the content of your character was not somebody that should be sitting in jail with nobody to talk to and nobody to come visit. Definitely. So that's why I made it a point, because like, I know that you are a good dude. Appreciate you just kind of got in some trouble. Yeah, appreciate that, man. I, I definitely was one of the people that, you know, I never even thought seeing myself in jail. And then right. now, like, when people hear back home, it was like, man, he in jail? It's like, he, Bonaparte is in jail? Yeah. Because, you know, it just don't seem right. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know. But um, I definitely knew what I was doing uh, at the time I needed the money so it was just like you know I tried to do the right way you know get a job yeah. and do this A and B live the right life but man it's you just know, too easy yeah man it's way too easy yeah, like I had way shit. too hard to get a, give up <laughs> like yeah when I say shit like though I mean like most of the most of the stuff that I uh, like I finagled on was more so the Adderall like mm-hmm. the Adderall was most of, of the money because mm-hmm. I mean I'm not gonna lie I hit people over the head for like probably like 12 appeal myself Damn. and then probably for X I did 20 appeal so that, that was, was pretty normal back in college I mean I could have got it for you probably can get it for like 7 or 8 okay. yeah damn we were so, overpaying yeah. in the fraternity <laughs> <laughs> so I was like yeah I was definitely getting it but um but once I got out I moved out first person hit me up was um Santanae, one of my best friends. She's a female friend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a red, uh, cool girl, very, very cool girl. She hit me up, went to her house. We went out. Um, then I see my guy Rod and party and stuff, had a good time. And then that's when I moved back to East Chicago. Didn't really want to stay out there. Then yeah. I started living with my boy Hollis. And then that's when I met, like, DJ and everybody else from there and... Next thing you know, Hollis actually will put me on uh, the spotlight of doing something different. And actually, Hollis is a count man. He showed me how to manage money, how to do so much different stuff with money. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous how to invest it, where to invest it, things to do. And, you know, he's younger than me. So me seeing this, like, damn, you know, Hollis about to get out of college. He going to Chicago. He about to get a job out there, make... 70k type shit. I'm like, I gotta boss up. Yeah. Bro. I gotta boss up for it's real. Good to have for real. Like that. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, so next thing you know, I started doing the, uh, put some of the money that I had left, put it into the concert business. Mm-hmm. Started doing the concert business, and that was love, man. It was, it, that was I, fun. It really was yeah. fun. Like meeting the celebrities and. Um, just seeing like people happy to to enjoy the concert because I was never the ones that was always in the back all the time, mm-hmm. you know, mingling with the uh, with basically the the artists and stuff. I was always the guy who I take the tickets in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always working, but if when I wasn't working, man, I literally was sitting in the back just watching the show. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I want to see the show. I was a fan of some of the artists that were there, so I wanted to see how they perform and, you know, everything. Um, we ran into a couple of hiccups with uh, G Herbo out in Hammond. The police told them that they smelled smoke, so they don't want no smoking. 
This guy goes on stage and fires up a blunt right on stage with the cops <laughs> in the crowd. So I'm just like, oh man. So at this time, we we I think we probably had like 20 G's up on that. Mm-hmm. And then the show before that, we got Ray Schremer when they was like really really hot. You know, uh, uh, what was that song they had? Uh, no type and yeah. that one they had something uh, swag zone no. Something zones, whatever it was. I'm too old for that, but <laughs> but yeah, they had that, and we got them for like 20, 20 21 thousand, and that was now, man. Mm-hmm. You would never get them for that, right, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So when we got that brought to Hammond, that was like a big thing, and I love bringing people like that to the city that I'm from, mm-hmm. you know, just to show them something different yeah. out in East Chicago and Hammond and Gary area because it's a lot of people who never even stepped foot out of Gary, you know. Or East Chicago or Hammond, and you just want to show them that you know this shit is possible, bro. If you just get up, do what you got to do, you can do the shit. Like, do I switched my career from drug dealing to doing concerts that I ain't know shit about mm-hmm. to now modeling, didn't know shit about that, and then now I'm going into to acting. Well, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but you know, if you put the grind in, you can actually do it, man. That's what I'm saying. I agree. I think. There's some principles that were probably learned during the hustling during the hustling times mm-hmm. that teaches you kind of how to manage different things, how to manage relationships with customers, quote unquote, how yep. to manage relationships with suppliers, quote unquote, and just how to create relationships that are connections that can you know you help each other move forward. Yep. And I, I, so I mean, ever since we've met, like that's why we hit it off so quick is we just understood different things about how you relate to people and how you work with people to make each other's lives better. Exactly. I feel like good business is perfect, man. And that's another thing because you, Hollis, Rod, I can talk to y'all three about business and I I will be comfortable in going into business with y'all three because y'all know how to separate business from friendship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know how to separate business from, from friendship. Just like even with my modeling stuff it's like okay i got photographers that are friends and you know what i'm saying and then me being a model is just like you know well if y'all got an idea project yeah i'll shoot with you you know uh I don't, i'm not gonna charge you i'll shoot with you show you love and mm-hmm. like that but you know but if it's to come to a time where it's like you know hey you know <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna need a payment for this or for that you know what i'm saying yep. and then they be like well you know no nah, I, I don't know if i can do that and all this those are the people you don't want to have around you in your circle, man. Mm-hmm. Because if they can't support the ideas that you're doing like you support their ideas, you don't want to be around them at all. Because Takers. you won't. Exactly. And you won't you won't receive nothing never from them mm-hmm. unless it's always some free shit. Yeah. You know? So I think, like, people always get caught up in, like, so like it's, like, trendy to be, like, a giver, right? So, like, always... Bring value to other people and always mm-hmm. do things for other people and never expect anything in return. That's a great way to like live in a fantasy world. But like, if you're giving so much to like a business relationship and you're not getting anything back, it's it's only going to hurt you and you won't be able to help other people because you're just wasting time with those kind of people. Definitely, I like whenever I do something, I always want to pay. Like I don't accept handouts <coughs> no more. I try not to accept handouts. Like at all, mm-hmm. like if if I gotta pay for it, I'm gonna pay for it. I don't care because you would never tell me. Remember that time when I did that for you? Like I yeah. hate people like that, man. Yeah. Don't bring that up, man. Yeah. I never bring that type of stuff if up. If you so. ever give me something and then bring it up later, 
we're done. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I That's never <laughs> do that for you again. I never do it. So, and like I said, like, I know for sure, like, you, Hollis, and Rod are the people that I can actually, you know, do that with because I never expect anything like that mm-hmm. coming from them. But, um, like, a lot of people out here, and me being an indie for, you know, for a couple of years, I just, I learned the ins and outs of, of some indie things, and I met some dope people, too. Um, but I feel like out here is more so like a popularity contest. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're if you're popping, you got to watch out for those people who's trying to just leech on to your success because mm-hmm. they just want to be around you because you're hot right now. You know, yep. you post a couple of dope pictures, so now <laughs> they want to be around you and yeah. seen with you and stuff. And that's why I don't pop out like that, man. Yeah. Like, if I do come out, it'll be by myself or with you or with Hollis or somebody like that, and I'm chilling. I'm eating or I'm watching a game somewhere, having a drink, or I'll probably go to the cigar lounge or something like that, have a cigar and some whiskey. You hear that blend over there? Oh, yeah, that's that's my spot, man. I'm going to go with you. Yeah, they we know me. We should Drake's. We should do some grown man <laughs> shit and just go hit some stogies. Oh, yeah, we definitely do it. They, they, like, literally, the, the guy know me, so when I come in, nice. he knows the cigar I want and the type of whiskey I want. you have it ready for me. So that's, that's basically, I'm trying to get more on, on that type. And especially being in there, man. Feels good. That's what it, it feels good, and there's so many people in there that that has connections to so much mm-hmm. stuff. Like if you just basically just connect with some of those people in there, or just try to get into the conversation with them or something like that, and yep. next thing you know, you'll so know like, who you're talking to. You're either hanging out at a bar where, I mean, obviously I go to bars all the time, but like mm-hmm. you're either hanging out at a bar where people like probably aren't doing big things mm-hmm. or you can go to a place like blend where everybody there is fucking wealthy yeah, exactly <laughs> that's gonna kind of that's gonna <sighs> go you're gonna pick up some of that energy when i seen because it's this uh jeep cherokee that i was looking at <clears throat> um because i mean they have some sick cars there sometimes man bro they got a track hawk uh um a jeep cherokee uh yeah track hawk it has a thousand horsepower it's a hundred k it has a double uh, sunroof on it. I want to say it's like one of them big sun uh, sunroofs, mm-hmm. um, the moon sunroof, something like that. Yep. And then they have um, oh, what is that? They have they have the twenty two stock rims on it, custom seats, all type of stuff. And they got like twenty eight speakers in it. But it starts at like ninety six k. But once you customize yep, yep. everything. <laughs> It just shoots up to a hundred, but and that's just because of the engine mm-hmm. and that 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 Hellcat type of engine is just ridiculous, man. That's my dream. That's my dream, baby, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, I like fast cars, but I'm telling you, when you when you see that track hawk, you're gonna be like, God damn, I like that shit crazy. <laughs> I love, I fucking love cars. Dude, I pulled up in, I pulled up to Blend one time. It was like right after I got my BMW. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I pull up, and this guy is just sitting there. He's rich as hell. He's like, is that midnight blue or deep sea blue? And I was just like, oh, it's midnight. I had no fucking clue. But this guy was like a BMW <laughs> enthusiast and knew all the colors. I just tried to sound like I knew what I was talking about. But like, I feel like wealthy people are just, they pay attention to different shit than the mat, like the regular people. Oh, like, yeah. He knows about like a $100,000 car more than most people know about anything. Mm-hmm. Because he just spends his time thinking wealthy thoughts. So I, I start doing that myself, like start studying and looking at like normal cars, like, you know, like Toyotas and, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. I started looking at more so um, like um, 
Lambos, Ferraris, uh, what's that other one called? The and so I'm talking my tongue. I'm having a brain fart right now. Who has a one? Mercy, Merciago. That's what I was looking oh. at. Yeah, and the Mercies are cool. Don't get me wrong. I don't really like them that much. I was just about to yeah. say the only thing wrong is just they a lot of stuff messed up on them a lot, especially if it's like push to start on them. Are you talking? Maserati or Lamborghini Murcielago? Matter of fact, Maserati. Maserati. That's going to be my yeah, next Maserati. car. Maserati, yeah, Maserati. I've been wanting to get that for my next car, but so Chrysler bought Maserati, yeah. and so it's just not the same anymore. Nah, man. It's just like cheap. Yeah. It used to be like fine hand-stitched, and now it's just like mass production. Yep, I was just about to say, and, it, and if I did get one of those, it'd probably be more of a two-door coupe instead of that yep. four-door one, because yep. the two-door is just nasty. It's so <laughs> it's nasty. nasty. Just everything about that car is just fucking sharp. Mm-hmm. It's like aggressive and oof. Like, they sound good, too. When people uh, pull up at my job with those, the Teslas, um, and then I had, oh man, I had a Thunderbird. I think it was a a forty, was it a four? A six, no, it was a sixty-eight Thunderbird that po- came through. Mm. Then we had a seventy, uh, seventy-eight Mustang that pulled through. It was midnight purple. That was nasty Ooh. too, nasty. It was crazy. The engine was nice too. Um, like we see a lot of different cars just be working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's one of my things too. I got more into cars. I bet, yeah. I way I didn't think about more that. cars now. Um, and just started learning how to working on them and doing stuff like mm-hmm. that, man. And it's one of my favorite hobbies. Oh yeah, I love man. working on my car. I fuck it up all the time, <laughs> but eventually it works. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I just did like my throttle body on mine and <clears throat> stuff like that. And then I mean, looking that shit up is hard, bro. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, it's really hard. Thank God for YouTube and Google. Man, right? <laughs> Anybody can be a what? mechanic. I swear to God. I even changed oil two years ago. And I, just changed, I just changed my AC compressor in yeah. my car. Oh, it took God. like 15 hours. It was fucking nuts. I told a BMW mechanic I was going to do it myself. He's like, oh, well, good luck and have fun. Yeah, that's it. Now I know what he was talking about. Yep. But I, I loved it, man. It was I was dirty as shit. Like I literally looked like I got out of a fucking coal mine, and I was just covered in dust and oil but it was so much fun when it come to bmws man like when you go under that hood that shit just it's a different world under Mm -hmm. them um you got mercedes yep Uh, i've been kind of fond of the the gl 350s man them boys is nice they they kind of i like it if it's all white if it's all white then i I take it but they just want a gle you want gle yep yeah, I'm nice too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Gia, but when it gets to like 550 or 500, then it's like mm-hmm. they just too big and too wide for mm-hmm. me. But that's the only thing, man. But um, yeah, yeah, the the BMW, all the bolts in are aluminum, so if, like I didn't realize those strips so easy. Like so if you easy. get one pull on them, they're done, and then they're stuck. And mm-hmm. so like half the time trying to get my AC compressor out was because I was stripping every fucking bolt. It took forever. Yeah. Finally got them all out and got it in. And, like, I hadn't had AC for, like, a full year. Mm-hmm. So I went through the last summer without air conditioning, which was brutal. And I finally just, like, all right, I'm doing this. Yeah, that shit. So I did that shit before, man. I'll never do it again. I swear to God. I don't care <laughs> what they say. I'm paying it. Take it. I don't care. That's how I am, man. Like, I just say, if it comes down to my car... If I don't want to do the work, I just say, go ahead, take it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just, i pay whatever. Because mm-hmm. it's just nothing to mess yeah. around it's with. It's a huge waste of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, where exactly did you, where'd you grow up? 
I grew up in East Chicago, Indiana. Um, I went to school at Central, East Chicago Central. Um, Just had a nice basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was nice. We was definitely nice. (laughs) (laughs) We guys go to the league. Uh, we had Etwan. Etwan went to the league. Uh, we had Kawan Short that went to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Andrew Garcia went overseas. Um, but I mean, a lot of people talk about them. But that 017, it was more so the defense to me that won mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, offense. Etwan put the ball in the basket. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But when it came down to a lot of people miss out, like my guy Terry Weathers. He's tremendous on defense, man. He was one of the guards. Um, and you had one of the Jones brothers, too. He was nice, too. He had defense. Like, their second unit was just crazy when it came to defense. Um, and then you had Big Kawan Short. That's a big guy, man. You're not moving him. You're not moving him at all. So, um, and then you got 6'10", Andrew Garcia. That's out there shooting threes like he dirt Nevinsky. So, you know, they, they definitely was nice. And then 08 came. We lost to, I want to say, was it South Bend, Raleigh? It was a buzzer beater. And it's funny mm. because I don't think you know him, but Ralph, uh, his Instagram name is really Ralph. Uh, he mm. went to IU when, when Victor, Victor and then was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ralph was on that team when we got put out. <laughs> so it was kind of funny when we was talking and stuff. And then... We know she was like, oh, I played that year too, and then it was like, yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay. So it's kind of funny just realizing that type of stuff. But yeah, I went to East Chicago, a small city that's like, like super next to Gary. Um, it's like five minutes away, ten minutes away from Gary. Is it rough? Um, as rough as Gary? I mean, it's connected. So I mean, this is what we we got South Side. We between Hammond, South Side, Chicago. Stony Island and Gary, so mm-hmm. I mean, you, you pick your poison, what Bermuda you want, triangle. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you pick your poison at yeah. that. So um, it could be tough. It's just what you put yourself into, man. Like what what, what type of crowd you put yourself yeah. in. Like don't get me wrong. When I was growing up, I say in the fourth grade, man, I was growing up and I had this crowd where, man, we was doing all type of bullshit. Bro. I'm nice, not even lying. We was doing so much bullshit, like, um. It'd be like fifteen of us just walking down the street, bro. Just doing dumb shit. Yeah. Um, fighting all the time. Um, just jumping, um, stealing, just running in grocery stores and just taking what we want. <laughs> I'm mean, like, like we were just doing whatever, you know what I'm saying? And and this is around the time where I'm like in the fifth grade, bro. Like really? Yeah, I'm in the fifth grade. I got kicked out of school in the fourth grade for uh, and this is gonna sound real wild, but <laughs> <laughs> so it was the fourth grade. The teacher was basically like, uh, she was a bitch, man. I ain't gonna lie. She always would just pick on me. Yeah, it, you it, didn't deserve it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I, so I cheated on, uh, uh, I cheated on the test. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? Right. You know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you got to cheat. So I cheated on the test. And I got a B. I ain't, you know, I ain't go for an A. I just got a B. That's smart. You know, so the teacher come to me and was like, well, I lost all the tests, so you have to take yours over. Oh, and I'm shit. just like, first of all, I'm like, I'm not taking it over. <laughs> uh, second, so you lost everybody's test, but I'm the only one that has to take it. So I'm like, okay. So I took it. She failed me because I didn't know shit. So took it, <laughs> failed me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back at her. She had a field trip. And she was collecting money for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was, we, I think we had like 
three, yeah, it was three fourth grade teachers that was there because the middle school was kind of little, I mean, the elementary school was kind of big. So he had three. The fourth grade, all the fourth grade teachers was planning a trip and they was taking everybody somewhere. So a day of the basketball game, this was before I even got into basketball. So at a basketball game, I snuck upstairs, picked the locks on all three of the doors, took the money, oh and me God. and my boys, we went to go splurge. Oh <laughs> I'm talking about we took, like, we went to go buy all type of candy. We, went, we got a haircut. We did all type of crazy things. So, <laughs> and I'm talking about at, the, at this age, I got down there like $1,500. So How at this it? point, I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did I pick the door? Man, movies, bro. Yeah, they teach you everything. Movies, I'm telling you, man. And this was before they had, like, the, you know, you had to put the key in. All I did is take, like, a little credit card and yeah. turn the lock and mm-hmm. keep swiping until I hit it, and bam, got in. So once they found that out, um, my mother moved me from that school, from Harrison Elementary, and moved me to Franklin to the harbor side. So I left from the north side to the harbor side, and that's how I met Hollis, Mike, and everybody else. Okay. Um, but I was in behaviors class, so I had to ride the bus. Uh, when everybody went to class, then I got took into class. Um, I couldn't eat lunch with nobody. I couldn't do nothing. Basically, I couldn't even talk. And there, like everyone, you get a timeout, isolate. It was just like being in jail, but for elementary. Oh yeah, elementary. it was crazy, man. It was crazy. That is. So I had did that for that a whole year. That can't be good year. for like actually teaching you. Although I mean, like at this point, it's like, are you gonna listen to anybody? Yeah, at that point, like. I, so basically how she is described, she was just like, look, if you do what you got to do, you get out in a year. Bam. So I was just like, okay, well, let me just shut up, keep my head down, do what I got to do, and get up out of here. I had this dude that was in there. His name was Anthony Stewart. Anthony Stewart was one of the most loose cannon guys <laughs> i ever seen in my life, bro, when I tell you. Bro, like, and that's my guy. Like, that's my guy. And I'm talking about Fighting all the time. Right now, he's in jail. I want to say he's in jail right now for murder. Oh, fuck. Exactly. That's how loose cannon he is. But he actually could be a cool dude, though. If you actually <laughs> spend time with him and just kick it, he'd be cool. But his temper is just like short fuse, yeah. though. You just got to watch out what you say and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But cool guy. Um, but after I left from there, then that's when I wanted to... Westside Junior High, and we only had two junior highs where I was from. So you had Westside and you had Block. You had the Harbor and you had the, uh, um, well, basically it was on the north side, but you had Cayman that was going there. Cayman mm-hmm. um, is basically one way in, one way out. You go through the gates, that's it. Like you're not getting out of there. So if you're supposed to be there, don't take your ass in a type place. Okay. <laughs> so Every every summertime they used to have like the things and they'd call it little rims. So they had lower the rims just like nine feet, nine and a half, so people would dunk and you know, put on the show for the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. So it'd be cool. But, you know, it'd be so popping out there that, you know, it's always gonna be something going yeah. on. You know, you know how it is. It's always gonna be something going on. So, um, that's just part of what I grew up. Then when I got to high school, that's when I was like, you know, I did the basketball thing and I got into it and I liked it. And I started doing AAU. I started doing AAU at SYF. That's when I started knowing more people from, from GI, from like Lou Wallace, um, from Theo Bowman, from Westside. Westside, definitely a lot of people I know from Westside. And 
then that's when I was just like, yeah, man, it's time to get up out of here. Went to uh, Savannah, Georgia for like two years with my brother. That shit was so live. So live. I don't Over. know why I moved back. I was just, I just turned 21. Man. Okay. I just turned 21. Time. It was great time, man. Uh, I, I didn't see winter. It was no snow. It was always, like, the coldest it was out there was probably, like, 48 in the morning. And in the, the afternoon, it was, like, 50-something. I was pumped yesterday. It was in the 50s. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and that's how it was feeling just, like, every day in the winter down there. And I was just like, damn, this shit is love. So then I came back up here, and then that first winter, we had that ice storm. And I was like, god damn. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, actually, um, I, I love East Chicago. It's just I just don't like how the basketball system is brought up out there. Mm-hmm. They don't focus on actually showing you the ins and the outs. Because I had to learn a lot of that shit by myself and learn, like, watching the NBA. What's the focus watching on? Stuff. The focus is on if you're hot and you've been playing all your life out there, they're going to focus on that player. Mm-hmm. Like, Etwan. Etwan is nice. Don't get me wrong. He's nice. Like, yeah, really obviously. nice. Yeah. But we all knew he was going to play freshman, I mean, senior <coughs> ball when he was in junior high mm-hmm. because so much of the, the, the coach for varsity was always on his dick throughout the whole process of him growing up. You know what I'm saying? It was just show so much favor. And mostly all the coaches that's on there, they show favoritism to a lot of their kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just some BS because I say my sophomore year, I was better than a lot of those guys that was on that roster. And I probably wouldn't even touch the court. Like he'll put his son in before he'll put me in. Yeah. It got to the point where I was so shitty. I was about to quit because they put his son in. He got to travel, then came back on his possession, got it stolen, and then came back on the possession, had another travel, and didn't even take him out. It still ain't put me in. You can't travel. That's like the that's the ultimate sign that you don't belong. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, damn, this is crazy. So I'm just like, ah, oh, it's cool. I'm not tripping. But still to this day, I mean, those guys are still cool, but it's just, you know. And also, they didn't take no videos. Like you know, really? no, no game film, no no game footage, bro. Oh, no game footage. Like nobody had game footage. Nobody in my class was even ready to even go to college on a basketball scholarship from showing videos. No coaches reaching out to no colleges and nothing like that. That when I tell you the main focus was on Angel Garcia, Kwan Short, and um. And each one, because each one graduated in 07. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawan graduated in 08. And then Angel, well, he was part of 08 too. And he graduated in 08. You were 08? I was 09. You were 09, okay. So with that trickling down, it was like, okay, to focus on E, on, on e, all right, he's going to focus on KK and Angel. All right. And now we really got to focus because Angel came from Puerto Rico and he had to play freshman, a freshman game first. Then he had to play a sophomore game first. And then he got to be on varsity. And when I say he played that freshman game, that shit was just unfair. Bro. Yeah. So unfair. But they did that. But the main focus was on that. And I just was like, man, you know, if they take the time out and actually show the kids what they need to do 
like book wise, study wise, get in the weight room, work out, work hard. Cause I had my own trainer when I was in junior high. Uh, his name was Brandon Neely, and I worked out with him every day. Like we went to conditioning. After conditioning, we hooped upstairs. After we hooped, I went to the weight room for two hours. And after the weight room, I went to go hoop in the street ball. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how my life was. I was all ball was life, yeah. you know. So, but but when it actually came to to learn the IQ of things, when to slow the tempo down, you know, look at the clock, work the clock out. You know what I'm saying? You got two minutes left. You up by six. Why you rushing? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Not just like running and gunning. Yeah, and like you know what I'm saying? Oblivious to the actual game. You're just like mm-hmm. trying to do whatever you can to score. Exactly. And they never showed us nothing yeah. like, no, I say never, never showed us anything like that. And I feel like being a coach, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. You know, so but they never took that time out, and it was always a lot of yelling and a lot of bull stuff, man. And it was just like, yeah, we was winning, but that's why that '09 year, like we went from being ranked, and down there the, the I want to say that '08 year we was ranked in the nation, and then we went from ranked in the nation, and then '09 we wasn't ranked at all. We was just ranked in the you state. Five A. Yeah, we was five A. Okay. Yep, and. Cause we only got to play like when I say our schedule for 08 was so tough, bro. We had to go. We got to play since we on the tip. We got to play people from Chicago, and we got to play people from Indy. The first time I seen LN as a team, I was like, <laughs> man, get the fuck out of here, man. They, hey, they gotta be grown, man. I'm talking about their lineup was so fucking ridiculous. It was a six three point guard, six six shooting guard. 6'8", uh, small four, mm-hmm. a 6'10", power four, and a 7-foot um, cen- uh, center. And that was just their JV team, bro. <laughs> like, dead ass. Damn. That was their they JV because their 7-footer was Juan, and then they had Dominique, and they still had Justin. And, bro, they had a squad. I mean, we still won, but they had a squad, and they mm-hmm. was really big. And then that's when it opened my eyes when we played more people out here like, like, bro, it's we good basketball are, down here. Yeah, it's really, really good yeah. basketball down here. And that's when I realized, like, bro, we are really, really small. Like, mm-hmm. we are really small. So we definitely need to find some height. If we didn't have Angel and KK, we would have got our ass killed by the team. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. watching LM whenever uh, Odin and Conley were there. Mm-hmm. And they had another seven-footer, I think, uh, was it Van Trees, maybe? It probably was Van Trees. <clears throat> he was fucking huge. I don't think he was quite seven-foot. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But, like, the entire squad was over 6'3". And just another level. It was like college kids playing against high school kids. It's ridiculous. And then when we had... Then the crazy thing is we had Elian. And then we had to go face... E, uh, we had to go face... Um, they had to face Eric Gordon. And then after Eric... No, it was Jeff T first. <laughs> then it was Eric Gordon. Then you had to go to to um, Illinois, and then that's when you played the Illinois, like Whitney Young and all those. And they not calling that because the refs are different. Mm-hmm. It's two different states. It's a different, yeah, it's a different yeah. game. It's a whole different game because yeah. out here they're going to call those little pity fouls mm-hmm. and all that. Out there in Chicago, oh, they ain't calling shit. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> you really got to hit the flow if they're going to call that, if they're going to call something. So, I definitely out there, man. It was just way more tougher, man. You had to be more like 
focus into the game. You gotta be the take a take a punch basically mm-hmm. because out there, man, it's ridiculous. Were you on the SIF? Uh, so like your SIF team was that oh nine? You said what? The SYF. Oh uh, my SYF, yeah, yeah, that was from. I think we played you guys. Oh uh, no, oh nine was my senior. It was oh eight, oh seven, and uh, I got on oh seven. Okay. Yep, I got on 07, so 07 and 08, that's when I was there. Were when there I, multiple SYF teams? Yep. Okay. We had, each one of them was the, the 07 team, so I say that was his junior, because you know you don't play it your senior year. So mm-hmm. oh, uh, his junior year was 07, that's when he uh, when he went to Vegas and he played and he gave O.J. Mayo the buckets. Dude. I think he dropped like, down to like 30 some on I was OJ. there. And, and Vegas? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's when I realized I was like, okay, yeah, Etwan, yeah, he nice. He definitely is nice. Cause that same year we had, I say we played Beasley. Um, we played Beasley, Bill Walker. We ran into D Rose. Um, Bill Walker, man, I haven't Walker heard that had, name in a long time. He had bunnies, bro. I know, Skywalker bunnies, right? and we played Brandon Jennings. Um, really? Yup, Brandon Jennings. He came on my class. Brandon Jennings and some of those younger guys was like like Tim Hardaway and those. I seen Clay too when I was out too. Really? I seen Clay. He was younger though. Mm-hmm. Um he about my age too. And who else was it that I seen? Oh, fuck it. Were you I out forgot, there? There's another big name. I forget which Las Vegas I mean, there's a ton of Las Vegas tournaments, but mm-hmm. we were out there when um Eric Gordon Went up like head to head with OJ Mayo. Oh, uh, uh, I didn't go to crazy. that one, but I I, I seen that I seen the, the clips on that yeah. one. It was definitely crazy because he had it was it was Eric Gordon and Derrick Rose on the same team. Yeah, yeah. That's mean what it streets, was. Yeah, right? Mean Street. Yeah, mean <laughs> that's what it was. Mean Street. They was nice yeah, as fuck. I swear to God, people don't know how fast Derrick Rose really was. His oh, first yeah. step really was like. People just seeing it on TV and stuff. I mean, he's got bum knees, and he's still one of the fastest, quickest guys. Exactly. So imagine him being like he's six four, and he's big and stocky like me. Uh, probably a little bit bigger. Now nah, he's not, but back then he was a little bit mm-hmm. bigger. And his first step was so quick, and then that first bounce mm-hmm. was so high. It was just ridiculous, yeah. man. I'm talking about it was crazy. Because of uh, my guy Gary, uh, Gary Patterson, he basically he played for but, uh, Butler too. Was it Butler? No, he played for IUPY. I'm sorry, he played for IUPY when uh, George Hill was there. He still got the record for like three pointers made and field goals and all that stuff. Like a lot of people sleep on that. That I was, I was sleep on that IU team. I mean, uh, IUPY team. Yeah. Because I feel like they should have made the tournament for all half of the teams that they did beat. They beat Arizona, and that was a nice team back then. Um. I think they beat Temple, I want to say. And it was some other good team that they beat. And uh, Gary Patterson and George Hill, they did their thing, man. Mm-hmm. And then you had John on that team, too. Um, I don't know John last name, but John was on that team by like a good six, 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 seven. He could shoot the ball. He could shoot the mid-range. And he could work inside. He was nice. But till to this day, man, I really feel like I don't even know why GP not even in the league, man. Because, Telling you, man, if you see him play, you're gonna be like, Yeah, he definitely supposed to be in the league right now. <laughs> like for real. That uh were you out at that Las Vegas tournament? No, I wasn't at that okay. one. 
Uh, I seen it that on was YouTube. That one of the best weeks of my life. Uh, I seen it on YouTube, man. And I seen it. When I seen it, I was like, damn. That was a, that, I, it was so packed, too. Yeah. So uh, Eric Gordon's younger brother, Evan, he was on our team. Mm-hmm. He was pretty nice. He wasn't as big, mm-hmm. but he shot just as much as his older brother. Not always good ones, but he was he was pretty he was our best player for sure. Uh-huh. Um, we we were Indiana elite and like um, we got our asses whooped a lot out there, like bad. Yeah, that's some <laughs> tough one. That's some tough ones. Out Sean there. Thomas played with us. He was a year younger than us, but he from came Ohio. Out there. He went to Ohio State. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. From Fort Wayne, yeah, from Fort Wayne. Yep, I know he was. Yeah, damn, that was a bus, ain't it? Yeah, man. <laughs> I have so, like so much writing on him. Like, I'm, I'm like from closer to Fort Wayne, so like I was in the Fort Wayne basketball travel system. Oh, okay. And uh, and like he was just like everyone thought he was gonna be like LeBron James, and just didn't work out. Well, he was more of a guard, and then they made him a big man when he went. Yeah, to that's what I felt more mellow vibes from him. Yeah, since he played like in the post, he was more like a bully down there. So I, I got. Yeah. He had a nice, a nice silky lefty jumper though. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, yeah, I got more mellow vibes from mm-hmm. him when he played in the post because he was strong. He, his mid range was nice. Yeah, but it just you know and he was so good, so young. Like he did work, but like whenever you're that good, that young, like the work ethic really just it's hard to find somebody that's that good, that young that still has a work ethic. Like LeBron James doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Like that dude was retarded good and the hardest worker. Wow. I don't think nobody is gonna ever outwork LeBron, man. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, basketball wise, I ain't too fond of but <laughs> as a human oh, being Yeah. What, man, a, what a man. A, he's amazing. I yep. ain't gonna lie, he's an amazing guy. I love seeing him on social media with the kids doing what he do. And I feel like it's pretty cool half the stuff he's doing for him because mm-hmm. just having that figure being there uh, having a father figure, a lot of people a lot of people don't realize it, but and a lot of people do. But having that father figure will change so much in your life because me not having my father figure. Yeah, okay, I was just nah, I, I I seen my father the last time I talked to my father, dead ass, was seventh grade. And then he popped up out here randomly for the expo. And we went to breakfast. And then I, asked, I called him, still ain't heard nothing from him. Okay. So uh, I just say, yeah, I ain't seen him since seventh grade. Yeah. But a lot of my stuff that I had to learn, I learned from being in the streets, man. I'm not going to lie. I was in like yeah. always in the street. I learned from other people. I learned from shit that I seen. Um how well, many of the guys that you were hanging out with were going through that same thing? I want to say you had Eric, Tony, Brandon, bro. Probably like six. It was like six of us. Yep, I want to say. That's tough. Yeah, it is. And just out there learning. But I was more so, I learned a lot. And it's going to sound a little corny, but I learned a lot just listening to, like, Hove interviews. Yes. And, like, listen to his music. Yep. Pay attention to how he moves and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I know he don't pop it's out good like that. You that. Pick up that. Yeah, you know. Like, without having somebody teach you how to, you know, what you should look for. And mm-hmm. Because it was good. like, you got to learn. Because it, it's kind of tough to learn stuff from your sister and your, right. your mother and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you see me and we chilling something, like, me being around, I got, like, I, like, I sit flamboyant as hell sometimes just because I was raised around so many women, Dude, bro. I got, I got six sisters. So, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it, yeah. all right, so you already know how it is. And mm-hmm. just 
just being around them, and, and it's just like, all right. And then when I went to... Um, it helps, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It definitely helps. Cause I, so, I tell girls all the time. First <laughs> thing I tell them, like, I know women, bro. Like, yeah. hey, you're <laughs> not going to get nothing over me, <laughs> nothing like that. I know, like, if a woman asks something, yep. they know before they ask. Yep. So just They wouldn't it. ask you, did Exactly. So just be real, man. <laughs> be real. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> That's Boy. so true and so funny. So like, <clears throat> I'm, can you go a little deeper into like what that was like, like having to learn, like how did you learn to become a man? Because like you are a man, you're a good man, you're doing good things with your life. Like, oh, yeah. how did you learn? Like, what do you credit that to? Um, man, I credit it to being around my guys, man, my 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 boys, <clears throat> Hollis, Rod, Zoe, and them. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, like. Okay, being with Hollis showed me how to open my eyes and look at shit differently. Because before I met you... What do you mean differently? I, okay, I was about to say, before I met you, I never had any white friends. So I will always look nice. at shit streetwise. You know what I'm All saying? Right. I'm <laughs> you my first white yes, friend. First white friend, let's go. <laughs> so I never looked at everything, anything in different people I said. So I always looked at shit from the black standpoint, and from being from the streets. Mm-hmm. So when certain people say something to me, I felt offended. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or when they tell me how to do something, I felt, you know, don't tell me how I know what right. I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And he just broke it down to me like, look, man, you know, you got to think about it like this. A lot of people don't think the same as you. They think it's something different. So they don't know what is really affecting you and what's not. That's so you can't all, yeah, and it's like you can't always think like that, and basically think with like anger and stuff like that. Like being back in East Chicago, you will see the difference. If you meet somebody that's freshly moved from here, from East Chicago or Gary, they're gonna be defensive as fuck about everything. Man. Okay. When I say everything, everything, and that's how I was. And he just took me out that mind state from being defensive about so much stuff and opened my eyes. So, and then when he learned, taught me how to manage my money, because I used to blow my money on dumb shit, man, drinking, mm-hmm. smoking, Jordans, and all that stuff, and it's just like, it's no point of doing that. So, I stopped doing that, saved money, put it to, to this. Um, from the way of treating girls and being more, uh, being respectful and all that, because I try not to call girls out their names. I try not, you know, being respect. I try to treat a woman exactly how somebody would treat my mother. Mm-hmm. And me growing up, I seen a lot of dudes disrespect my mother. So I would never want to treat another woman like that. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, from the standpoint of seeing my moms get beat on, uh, right. treated bogus, I seen my dad go from being in the house with my mother and actually going to my stepmother's house and taking me with him. Damn. Ballsy, right? Yeah. Big balls, <laughs> like savage life. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, damn. Okay, so this is what. Okay, cool. You know, but and then me being from being in the the standpoint from that that bullshit from learning the difference between this is how I learned the difference between liars and it opened up my eyes because I tell a lot of people, your family will fuck you over before anybody in the world. 
because of the simple fact of they always gonna think in the back of their mind that man, that's my cousin. He'd be all right, man. He, mm-hmm. he he know I got him. He know I got him. A brother, like oh, that's my brother. He know why I stay. He'd get his money or something like that. And no, they don't think of it like that. And I had to. The way I learned that is because. My mother used to always lie about my daddy paying child support. And then my daddy would be like, no, I paid it. So I never knew who to believe. Mm-hmm. So i just stay in the middle and just stay out of it. <clears throat> you know, until it got to a point where my mother didn't want me to go to court, but my daddy did. So that's where that disappear, where he did the Houdini, mm-hmm. it lies at. Because I didn't go to court. I was focused on more basketball. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I didn't know if yeah, I, I mean was, you shouldn't really like be in that position anyway. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 only in the seventh grade. So it's right. like if my mother and the person that I'm living with, if the person I'm living with is actually like telling me you need to uh don't go to court, all this stuff, I'm gonna listen to her mm-hmm. instead of listening to them. I mean listen to my father because yeah, when I ask you to come pick me up, you're never there. So when I did not show up, that's when I disappeared. I didn't see him, heard from him, nothing like that. So, you know, I just started to learn more things. So, like, to believe in people when it comes to people who lie. And then when I found out, my mom was lying that whole time. Like, the whole time, seeing the paperwork and everything. And then it was just like, damn. the last person you want yeah, to find out was lying to you. Exactly. So, it just made me look at her different. So I'm looking at the world different. So I got my mother lying to me, my daddy not there, my best friend setting me up, and then trickle down that, you know, it's like, who the fuck do I trust? Yeah. So now I'm distanced from everybody. Only people I'm 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 trusting is my ABB family, basically, at this point. I'm only trusting Hollis Rod and all them because these people who stuck with me. And my sister too. These people who stuck with me. So um my sister always taught me, you know, be who you are, like literally. And a lot of people don't think about that. They, they say they they are they this person, it, yeah. but when you put them in workplace, it change up like that. When mm-hmm. I say I am who I am, <clears throat> I I'm that person. I'm this mm-hmm. at work, at shoots, whoever I meet. I'm always gonna be this person. And then, cause if you like me, you like me. If you don't. You don't. That's cool. My life goes on. I'm mm-hmm. going to eat. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to be perfectly fine tomorrow. Same with you. You know what I'm saying? We just had two differences. That's all it is. But, you know, I. that's one thing. I always stay true to myself. I don't never change, and I never change for nobody. I'll always be myself. Um, and three, I, I'm very particular about who I let in my life. Like, yeah, I hang out with you. I talk to you and all this, but actually... Coming to my crib, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meeting people that, you know, uh, and being invited to certain things or events when I, when we have them, when I have them, I pick and choose through that. Like, I know a lot of people, but, I mean, at the end of the time, I just know you. Mm-hmm. And half of them, I just know you because of Instagram or I know you because of somebody else. It's a wild world we live in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, and... I mean, it's just, it took a while for me to just, it, I had to go through so much bullshit to learn the difference in the end out how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Um, take responsibility of what you do. I yeah. learned that the hard way, you know, and it took a lesson for me to almost lose my freedom for that. So, right. you know, I didn't even trust my lawyer when I first got him. Like, 
because it was like, well, you could tell me everything. It was like, can I? You know, can I really tell you everything? Right. So it's just like, all right. So I told him everything, um, and that was the bullshit part. But so look, I'm gonna come back to that. Uh, it was I paid fifty five thousand for a lawyer. Jesus. And I mean, I fifty five. Oh, uh, fifty five hundred for a lawyer. Sorry about that. Fifty five hundred <laughs> for like, a lawyer. Damn. And you get the old Kardashian lawyer. <laughs> I know, ain't it? I should have got Johnny Crocker. Shit. But I only got, and I still got 10 years in probation. I'm still on probation to this day. 10 years of probation. 10 I mean, years. it's better than 30 years of jail. That is, but 10 years of probation is a fucking headache, man. Yeah, but. Um, and the, the hoops that I have to jump through, like, I'm always out of state. I don't supposed to leave the state. Yeah. So. Like, for me doing this with my business and stuff, like, how, how do I supposed to get my name out there if I got to stay in Indy all the time? Me shooting with the same photographers and me dealing with the same people out in Indiana. Doesn't grow you. It will not grow me at mm-hmm. all. I'm just going to be something that's out here that's just something that's out here. Mm-hmm. But for me to get out there, I have to travel to different states. So I asked them the first time. They denied my shit. It was like, oh, you chasing a dream, and then you ain't making no income from it, blah, 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 all this. I was like, all right, cool. Next thing you know, I just said, fuck it. Man, we going to Pittsburgh. I went to Pittsburgh, took the chance. That's a bold move, man. Very bold move. And didn't get caught, so I was like, okay, cool, fuck it. We going to go to Detroit. And we going to go to Atlanta. (laughs) And we going to go to Cali. And now I'm just traveling, and I'm trying to get my name out at this point. I mean, I got... Three years left right now. Is the juice worth the squeeze? What happens if you get caught? So the first time you'll go to court, it'll be like a little slap on the wrist type shit. Probably a sit in your jail, probably for 30 days. But shit, I did five months, so that ain't shit. <laughs> so, but it's the risk that I, I would take because I don't want 10 years to fly past my life. And that's 10 yeah. years of me just sitting around because of the law telling me I can't do something. And they not giving me permission to do what I want. So you, it's been seven years, and they're still like not letting you go places. Not letting me go. Seven not, years of no, like years. nothing, doing nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Never been. Never went back to jail. Nothing. Never. And they won't let me go nowhere, bro. Like dead ass. I ask them, they no. They they say like like I'm a, a risk of of flight. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, well. If I can't go nowhere, I'm not gonna sit around waste my whole life for ten years, bro. Yeah, the prime like the prime time for growing your, exactly. your personal brand. So it's just like, well, I take the risk, do thirty days, and that's it. And okay, I do that, whatever. But if that's the risk I gotta take, then yeah, I take it. I even showed them bank statements. Well, not even bank statements. I showed them contracts from Nike, Adidas, Men's Warehouse, the. Um, the, the the modeling gig I had in Pittsburgh, and I showed them the model gig that I had in Detroit. I showed them all type of stuff, just like of me getting paid for doing the job. Mm-hmm. Still nothing. I even showed yeah. them my my uh my job from I mean my commercial idea for St. Vincent Hospital. Still nothing. That was my biggest one. I got paid, and I still ain't. And I had got royalties and everything from it, and they still ain't let me go. It's like they don't take me serious, so I'm just like, all right, well, I'm not gonna wait for y'all. You still, not, you still have to deal with Bloomington. 
yeah, I gotta drive to Bloomington every other month. Like my my PO pretty cool about it now, but mm-hmm. back back then, yeah, shit. When when I had my pr- probation out here, it was more so of I had to call every day, call this hotline and mm-hmm. all this, and <clears throat> I stopped having my probation out here because. The hotline wouldn't work. I call it and I recorded that it wouldn't work. I called it about like eight times, man. Mm-hmm. And I recorded and showed the lady. She was like, "No, nah, well, you, you still violated because you didn't call and all this." So I'm just like, "No." So they tried to violate me, put me in prison, all type of shit. Jeez. And this was. Get the lawyer up again. Uh, nah. I I had four. This was I had four years into it, so I still had like six years. So if they would have sent me to prison, I would have had to do six years. Fuck. So. I was like, no, hell no, that's just not right. And then it was like, well, if you take it, you can go ahead and take it. So I'm like, all right. So I took it, passed it. Then two days after that, because it was the next month, I had to call in again. Called in. They said I failed the drug test. But I passed the drug test where I got hired at. So I'm just like, how is that even possible? And then I passed the one before that, two days before Mm -hmm. that. So... Why would I be stupid enough to just go smoke for two days? Right. And knowing I got to take a drug, uh, a drop for a job. Right. You know, that's yeah. just stupid. You know, and I was serious. And they was like, nah, it was, it, that don't sound right and all this, blah, blah, blah. Coming to find out, it was something wrong with the testing people that they were okay. doing, and they switched companies. Okay. So by, by the time they found all that out, I was already in Bloomington. So I got to yeah. drive all the way to Bloomington, pay them money, and I literally only sit in the office for probably about five minutes. Like, I sit down, hey, how you doing? Um, what's going on? Any more jobs? Yup, you still here? You still at this address? All right, next day you come in, bam. So I just waste my time doing that shit all the time. I hate it. With a passion. Run out of time? So this is an aggressive question. Go ahead. Did you think whenever you were arrested that you were treated differently because you're black? When I, and that's, I'm so happy you asked that. Okay. It's like, I did, I didn't at first, but when I sat in the courtroom, I did. And this is a true story, I swear to God. When I sat down at my first hearing, so whenever you go, if you ever go, knock on wood, but if you was to go to court and you had to do that, you would go in and it'd be like a whole bunch of people's date of court. Mm. So you would get chained together and then you got to sit in the courtroom together. So you hear other people's cases. So that's why they say never lie about your case in jail because you might have to go to jail to court with somebody and they're going to hear your whole case. So if you lying, you're going to get fucked up in there. Damn. So I went in there. And one of the guys that was in the block with me was saying that he did this, did that, you know, blah, 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 um, selling this and doing this. So I'm like, all right, cool. Whole time, dude raped some girls, oh, little minors and shit. So, what? yeah, just the kicker, though. It was two of them. I think they was about, like, 14, uh, 13, some shit like that. And he went first. The judge gave him... Three years probation. I'm not lying to you. Gave him three years probation. He sat in jail probably for like eight months. That still ain't enough. Mm-hmm. And he only got three years of probation, and he got put on the sex offender list and all that type of mm-hmm. shit. 
I'm up to bat. I'm only selling drugs. And he's not no like crystal meth, like what's really right, going yeah. on out there. Right. There ain't no none of that. But I'm selling you no know, little drugs like this. It ain't even like no huge big time weight with the uh with the codeine or nothing. But I only I, I went up there and they offered me this was my first one. They offered me thirty years off the back. That's my first plea. They offered me thirty off the back. Then nothing. Right after they give this dude Yep. Swear. So I'm looking like, you know, I I look at the lawyer like, how, how did he get three three years probation and then they just offered me thirty years? Like that's he just sexually assaulted two young girls, and I'm only selling drugs, and most of it is marijuana at that. Right, which so, is gonna be legal in the next few years. Exactly. Anyway. So I'm just like, how the hell does this happen? So. And now I got 10 years probation, and this motherfucker probably off probation. Well, you know, I don't know what it's like, there, but else, exactly. Yeah. But right now, he'll be off probation, living his little normal little life. And I'm like, that's bullshit. And I mean, yeah, he was white, but at the same time, I'm just saying, I'm looking at it like, is it the, the, the justice system? Is it is it white privilege? Like, what the fuck is it? So I'm fucked up in the mind right now because I'm at my court hearing. Nobody's in there with me. I'm by myself. My mom's four hours away, so she ain't coming just for no little quick 30 minutes. So right. I told her, don't come. And But my friends have said that I was doing the stuff with none of them there. So I'm just sitting like, fuck. Just, what's going on? So I got to go back to my cell, sit there for Lord knows how long. This whole time I, in my head, I'm facing 30 years. I'm just like, damn, I'm about to go to prison for down there. Tear half of my life. This is fucking crazy, bro. And people don't know how hard that shit weigh on you mentally being in jail. You ain't got nothing to do. Only thing you thinking about is that. There's so much negative shit through there. Only thing I could turn to was just pay, play chess, bro. I played chess probably about like 30, 30 games a day. Like dead ass. 30, 30 games a day for the next, for that next five months. From February, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I had like a TV wise. I had March Madness. I had the playoffs. You know, I get mm-hmm. to watch it. They let me watch it, but you know, it was certain games that I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch my Warriors, so I was shitty about that. But I got to watch the the games that I did want to watch on March Madness. But other than that, and then it's more fucked up because little five was there, so I'm looking out the window and all these people and mm-hmm. stuff and. And this is the year when IU was number one in basketball, so you know it was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, but but for being the, the fact where I thought it was, like, some racist shit, absolutely, it definitely crossed my mind a lot. Man. Yeah. Like, it crossed my mind a lot being in that situation. More then than now? More then and now still. Uh, well, I'm going to say it comes down to a couple of certain things because once I actually did research and found out that law it's a lot of sex offenders that get off like that yeah and I really feel like they need to change that shit like yeah. ASAP because I don't see how a guy like me or anybody who's selling marijuana or selling any type of drug can get damn their charges for like attempted murder. At this case, I could have just went outside and shot somebody and I would have got 24 years before I would have got 30. That's fucked. 
See what I'm saying? So, and people that's dealing crystal meth and making crystal meth, they still get 20 years, 24 years, <laughs> like they killed somebody. But you telling me if I literally go out there and molest a younger child, I'm going to get six years in prison? That's the max that I can get at six years? That's wild. That's, that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. Yeah. Very crazy, man. What did you... I'm sure you had a lot of time to think. Like, was there anything... sounds weird to say, but was there anything positive that came out of sitting there thinking all day, every day? Um, The first two months, all negative thoughts. All negative? I was thinking of how the fuck to get back at them, what I wanted to do when I got out, what I was going to do to them. Um, I was thinking about how could I set this dude up from the inside. Then it just like the third month, it was like, you know what? After I read the motion discovery, it was like, that ain't going to help shit. Doing that is going to get me right back, put back in here. So let mm-hmm. me think bigger picture. Let me let me stop thinking checkers. Let's, let's actually play some chess. So I just start mapping out my moves of what I'm going to do when I get out of here. Um, how would I promote? What's my plan of attack when I do get released from here? Where am I gonna go? That was the first thing. Where the fuck am I gonna go? So I had to think positive. I knew I wanted, didn't want to move back to East Chicago, so I knew Nap was gonna be basically my starting point. Oh, um, once I came out here, uh, and then I was thinking about all right. After I pick a place where I'm staying, what am I gonna do? I don't want to turn back and do the same shit that I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? But that's just something I don't want to do. Eventually, yeah, I did when I got out because I didn't have no jobs. And then it's hard to find, to find a job when you got 3B felonies. I, bet. I can't even get an apartment in my name because I got felonies, a, a, a dealing felony. When you got dealing felony, apartments will turn you down. So before I even got to the apartment I was at, man... Trying to get an apartment, I had to get, like, hella roommates, and they had put it in their name, and then mm-hmm. I just paid my, my bills how I pay my bills. But that was the most toughest shit ever, bro, getting an apartment. Um, and then after that, just planned what my attack would be. Then that's when I met twins, when I got out. When I met the twins, that's when I went back and did the dumb shit. Again, but it was just, I, I stayed away from the narcotics. I just dealt yeah. with marijuana. And then that's when they changed that rule where it was like, even if you get caught, I think it was like if you get caught with a zip or something, it's still, I mean, if you get caught with like a pound, or it, no matter what you get caught with, they'll treat it like it was still 30, 30 grams or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So I met up with the twins and then, shit, fuck, we was getting about like, <sighs> We were like 150 pounds in at that Shut time, the bro. Fuck up. Swear to God, man. Holy shit. But yeah, yeah, we was getting like a. It was like we was getting 150 in, and it was to the point where the first, the first soon they come in, the first 50 was gone, like that. Me personally, I had IU, I had, I had IU on lock, I had Purdue on lock. I had DePaul on lock, I had IUPUI on lock, and I had Ball State on lock. So I was just always, I turned from actually, like, dealing it, like, you know, mm-hmm. quads and shit, and just started doing it by pounds. 
And doing it that way, make more money, stay less out the scene. Yep. And then I covered that up with doing the concerts. So if they ask me in probation, like, well, how you getting money, blah, blah, blah. And, well, here you go right here. This is my statements right here. I, I mean, you guys concert did actually all this. big concerts. Yeah, we I mean, really you guys did. Were on, what the was it? The Washington Post. You Man, guys, we 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 went. To, we was on the Washington Post. We went to B, uh, BBC News. All that shit. It was it went viral for like a couple of hours. I, I remember that. I yeah. woke up one morning and it was like there you there's your fucking concert on yeah. the front page. Of the, what was it? I think it was the Washington Post that I saw. The front page of the website of the Washington fucking Post. Yeah. My dude Devin throwing a fucking concert. Yeah, that shit was crazy too. Because the whole time when we do it, we had the venue at Hammond. It was a beautiful venue. And we got Chief Keith actually to, because mm-hmm. he couldn't perform in Chicago. So Hammond is like literally outside of Chicago. So it was us, my team, Capital Connect. And then we had um, Craze Fest people. And they be doing numbers out there in Chicago. And we just linked up and put it together. The venue itself cost a 50K. Um, and then we had to play the artists, um, and then that's when Chief Keep was like, well, shit, if y'all doing this, we'll pay you 10 or 15, what was it? It was 10, yeah, 10 Gs, we'll pay you 10 Gs to let me do the show here, blah, 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 because he already had this hologram shit already set up, yep. and he couldn't even do it, so... We like, yeah, hell yeah, you'll do it. So we signed the, you know, the little waivers and stuff. So we won't mention it. This big dummy posted the venue on the thing. So he broke his own contract. So the mayor of Hammond, I mean, Chicago called the mayor of Hammond and was like, they trying to have Chief Chiefs perform. I don't think you want to do that, blah, blah, blah. So they sent the cops down. And we paid 58 grand for this venue and for the whole thing together. We only made ticket sale wise before doors open, we made about like 46. So we just needed about like a good couple more G's just to even mm-hmm. out. So once we evened out, it, it was more so, yeah. So it was more so towards the end when we did um, <clears throat> even out. Because even if we even out, we still gonna make money off the Chief Keith shit regardless. Mm-hmm. So once we even out, we made what we made, then we made the 10 off that. Um, that's when the mayor himself came down and with the cops, pulled us in the office like we had and was like, okay, who's this special guest, blah, 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 and all this. So we all just looked at each other, it was like, it's Chance the Rapper. (laughs) (laughs) We got Chance the Rapper. So he was like, oh man, my son loves Chance the Rapper. (laughs) He was like, I swear to God, he was like, can I, can we get tickets for the kids? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> we can do it. Come yeah. on in. Yeah. So once they left, we went in the back room like, damn. Then all right. So what is the plan of <laughs> what are we gonna do once this shit go down? What is it? What are we gonna do? So at the little BB perform, we had the 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 Chief Keith hologram. So the whole thing opened up and everything like that. And then next thing you know, the hologram pop out. And he did don't like. So everybody go crazy, blah, blah, blah. Police stormed the stage, ripped the power cords, just ripped everything out. The the hologram machine was like a billion dollars. But Fuck. Chief Keith, the guy that he signed to, was a billionaire. Okay. So they got it. So once that happened, the state was trying to sue us because of that. Really? 
And then, but Chief Keith managing them was suing the city for that money for the thing. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing actually just disappeared. <laughs> and I'm happy it did, though. No, it just disappeared. So I was super happy that shit disappeared. I was just like, I'm like, oh, man. So once it happened, I'm just, I see it. TMZ was there, bro. Like, literally, TMZ, they had somebody come from and was out there. That was the first place I seen it. And it was that night that they posted that shit. That night. And I'm like, damn, they work fast. And they made it seem like, the reason why I hate TMZ, they made that shit seem like it was a riot. People was fighting mm-hmm. and shit. And there were no fights, no violence. It was nothing. It was just real cool. Wasn't the event about like nonviolence? Yes. yes, it was an event for nonviolence out there because the violence out there is, be, is getting ridiculous. From Gary, from Chicago, East Chicago, Hammond, it's just getting ridiculous out there. And so Craze Fest was about nonviolence, and then they said that there was a bunch of violence. Yes, yeah. so and I'm just like, man, it wasn't nothing like that. It was hectic because they pulled the plug mm-hmm. and all the lights went out. So people, you know, police rush the stage and then all the lights go out. I mean, yeah, I'm not standing there either. I'm about to right, book it yeah. too. I'm, I'm leaving. So, but when that shit happened, it was like, damn. And then I, I woke up the next morning and I was in Chicago. I didn't even go back to nap. I was in I was Chicago. I remember fucking waking <laughs> up and seeing that shit. That was crazy. I was like, and then I, at the time I was dating this girl, Wit, and Wit woke me up, was like, dude, y'all are all on the news everywhere. And I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. I was like, we ain't, ain't hamming? Hell no. Nah. And, and she was like, I swear to God, get up. You on BC, B, uh, BBC News right now. Like, no bullshit. <laughs> and I got up and went in the living room. I'm like, oh, shit. And that all, only thing that flew through my head was like, we are about to get sued. <laughs> we need to lawyer up now. And then we had a meme right then. Uh, we was like, well... What are we gonna do? You want to take like put a retainer on a lawyer or something? Like what are we gonna do? We uh, and that's when Brian was like, "Well, look, let's just hold out, see what happens next few days. If somebody reach out to us, then you know we go from there." And nobody never reached back to us. Nobody you know, said nothing. I ain't heard nothing. So fuck it. Good luck. Good luck. Fairy took care of it. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's why I said, man, if you if you believe that you can do it, man, just go do it, man. Because I didn't know shit about doing concerts or nothing like that. And and the reason why I got into it because my guy Rod used to work at, um, he used to do a lot of stuff for like uh, Sweet 38, and he'd be promoting heavy. He was a promoter mm-hmm. out here. Once, you know, if Juice approved it, it was, it was on. So next thing you know... Um, I seen him doing it, making moves, getting connections. So I was just like, shit, well, fuck it. And I told him, I was like, well, man, I'm about to just start doing concerts. He was like, oh, like this. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm talking about, like, concert, like, festivals. Like, I'm, I'm, we trying to get the, the Pacer Stadium, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. people don't even know. Like, people, like, how much do you think that Pacer Stadium go for? I have no idea. Bro, that shit is only 20 Gs. You really? get the Pacer Stadium for 20 Gs and rent that whole thing out. All, the only oh, thing you got to do is pay... You have to, uh, it's going to be a percentage to Ticketmaster, and it's going to be a percentage to, I mean, then you got to pay for, like, the artist, and then they rider mm-hmm. and all that type of bullshit, but but as long as you got the, the, the venue locked down, they're going to shut half of it down, you know, one half, and then you have that half, they're going to do a percentage, Ticketmaster take about, like, two-something from each ticket that 
people purchase, so you don't have to worry about on that back end mm-hmm. of all that. They'll send you the check and everything. Like, it's super easy. You just got to know the right people. And in that business, you need to know people. Mm-hmm. If you don't know people, it ain't going to work coming. out for you. Oh, no. And you're going to be missing money. You always got to keep count. You got to go in business doing that. You got to be with the right people, man. Got to be. Because we had one guy, we did one concert, and like 12 Gs came up just gone. Gone. Now I'm just like 12 feet. Jesus, don't walk out of the room, bro. <laughs> like, come on, man. So, yeah. Damn. I know, man. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so, you mentioned earlier, like, you wanted to kind of sh- show people from back from where you're from, like, they don't have to stay there. They don't have to live that life and do what they think they have to do. They can go do something. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, like whatever's, whatever they want to do, if they believe it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Like do you do you plan on bringing that kind of mentality back home? Definitely, I definitely want to do that. Um, once I, I I get to a a point in my life where, and not even I, I'm gonna say a point in my life because I say back home, you gotta be successful for you had the kids to actually listen to you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be semi successful or just successful in your eyes, right? Because they're gonna be like, well, that's not worth anything. Exactly, anyway. that's not worth nothing to them. So. I want to be at a level where it's like, okay, you know, they seen me in movies, you know what I'm saying? They seen me on TV shows and stuff like this, so they know who I am, where I'm from. So when I do go back to them, I can tell them, like, look, put your mind to it. I know this is sound cliche as hell, but, like, for real, you really want to do something, go do it. Like, just do it. Yeah, the funny thing about cliches is they're, like, they're cliches for a reason because they're usually like there's something to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, we talk about these cliches like all these different success proverbs. Basically, uh-huh. it's like they've lasted the sands of time for a reason because they fucking work. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're saying believe you can do it, put your mind to it, and commit to it. Go fucking do it, and it will happen. Right. But it, it also comes with sacrifice, man. Amen. Now, a lot of people, that's, that's one thing. A lot of people, they skip that shit. They skip <laughs> yeah. that shit. Because when I'm talking about sacrifice, I'm talking about spending time with your family sacrifice. I'm talking about missing out on holidays type of sacrifice. I'm talking about you not getting no sleep sacrifice, man. Your your body gonna be sore type of sacrifice depending on what you trying to grind for, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's gonna be like I I got friends that went to Cali and was homeless, bro, mm-hmm. like homeless for months before they got their big break, you know. So you definitely gonna have to sacrifice a lot to get to the point of where you want to be, and. A lot of people, when they bring up that Illuminati stuff, like, oh, you got to sacrifice something to be famous. <laughs> like, okay, if you want to put it in that eyes, you, you got to do that, period. You got to right, do that yeah. anyway. It Illuminati doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Illuminati or not, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Because right now, like, I wish I could spend more time with my nieces and nephews. But I can't spend more time with them because they, I mean, they're in EC. I could drive down there. But when would I have time to do that? I work Monday through Thursday. Friday be the only day, so I drive out there. Then I got to be back at work on Saturday. and then. But on Friday, I use that for my own business to make my own self-successful. So I, I dedicate that whole Friday is just to 
my career that I want to follow. And mm-hmm. then my Sundays is the whole day to careers that I want to follow. And the rest of the days I'm using for working out, working, and then, you know, resting my body when I can. And just balancing that shit is kind of hard. So oh, yeah. I will have to take from one of those to go spend that time with my family. Yeah. And trying to do that is kind of hard. Yeah. Like I just mean, you only have like 100 energy points a day, right? Exactly. Or 100 energy points a week. You don't get 110. Like no matter, no matter how hard you wish that you had more time, more energy, more focus, there's a, there is a finite amount of that stuff, like sp- especially time. Mm-hmm. And like <clears throat> I think people kind of skip out like, they want all the like the comfort of you know taking the safe route, but then they want the results of the risky route, and you can't have both, man. Can't, you <laughs> you can't, can't have both. I tell all like if it, when people come to me and ask me about my pictures and how do I start modeling and how do I feel about modeling, I tell them straight up. When it comes to modeling or anything like that, I take that shit serious. When it comes to my outfits and all that shit. I don't find cheap shit. My shit be expensive. It look good because it's good material. Right. It's good shit. So yeah. you're going to have to spend that money for that. If And then I, I do a breakdown. And to that's a, a sacrifice too. Exactly. That's it's definitely a It's fucking a crazy investment. So I tell people like this, like, you got to think about it. And this is the greatest metaphor for it because they always like, well, do you get paid for all those shoes? No, I don't get paid for all those shoes. I get paid for what my agency booked me with. It's just like this. If I'm a rapper, I have my mixtapes and then I have my albums. Yep. I get paid off my albums by my agency that I'm with. My mixtapes, I do that shit for fun for the fans and for me to keep a fan base. You got to have material out there so you can grab fan base and actually keep, you know, keep your stuff going so people be interact with what you're doing and mm-hmm. they know who you are. So they know, and they got to be consistent bangers because you can't have three, four good shoots and then your next three or next two is just with another photographer who's just getting started. No discredit to photographers who's just getting started, but everybody got to start somewhere. Like with me, I had a point where I couldn't get a book. I I couldn't even get a shoot with J-Goes. I could not. And when I say J-Goes... Cause I said I figured Jay goes Mike, Erica, they like the three elites out here when it mm-hmm. comes to f- photography. Okay. That's how I feel. Okay, and that's just my opinion. A lot of y'all might feel different, but that's just my opinion. And I shot with Mike, shot with Erica, but it was like Jay he shoot with so many different people, celebrities and stuff like that. And it's like I gotta shoot with this dude. Mm-hmm. If I don't shoot with him, you know what I'm saying? It won't complete nothing. It took me so long to get a shoot with him because I was a nobody. Yeah. And my, my pictures just starting off wasn't all that good. But once I start or uh, open my eyes, like, okay, I got to have certain photographers just shoot my pictures. Let me jump in here. Oh, yeah. st- talking about how your initial pictures weren't all that good. Mm-hmm. This is so important. People are, like, scared to suck at something. Oh, yeah. You have to suck at something to get good at it. Got to. And you can't be scared and like, let your ego get in the way of sucking at something because you're going to suck if you want to do something. I swear to God. Because my first pitches was, my very first pitches was okay, but then I started getting into like the idea because it was Halloween time. Mm-hmm. So I started getting into like 
the, the fake blood and all that shit. And those pictures just was very bad. <laughs> it was very bad. It was very bad. I probably had like out of thirty of those pictures, I probably literally had two that I liked. <laughs> like literally, bro. It was only like two that I like. I'm thinking of uh, LeBron's Halloween costume from this year. <laughs> oh the um, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, about <laughs> it was bad. I'm just like, oh man, because me look, because back then I'm like, man, this is fire. And then now looking back at it, because I just went to my website a couple of days ago, and I'm like. Wow, these are trash. I got to get these off <laughs> my these website now. <laughs> now. <laughs> I was like, yes, I definitely got to get these off now. But, but yeah, man, like I, I really would love to. I like to help people, but I don't like to waste my time. Yep. So when it comes down, especially to like, um, especially like, I mean. Me being fit and all this, and you doing uh, do the any fitness magazine and stuff. I know you get probably like a lot of fitness questions and all type of stuff, and I get a lot of them too. But I hate when people ask and be like, "Well, can you just write out a diet for me?" And then I write out a diet, and they never do the shit. Yeah. It's just like, bro, I wasted my time. Do you know how? Much, That's why you shouldn't do shit for free. Exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But you know, I, mean, I you have to do it for free in the beginning. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, you suck in the beginning. But, like, I don't do work for free anymore. Like, I don't even do cheap. Like, I did the Capital Connect website for like uh, $200. I swear. I don't go below $1,000 <laughs> for a one page website now. Oh, uh, yeah. See? That's what I'm saying. I'm in the wrong <laughs> business. But, <laughs> but no, I like, I, I tell them all the time, and I'll be like, dude. <clears throat> Y'all don't know what I got to do throughout my day mm-hmm. to stop, write this shit down, and then send it to you. Mm-hmm. And then you don't use the shit. I don't even fuck with you no more after that. Yeah. I give everybody a challenge. I tell them, like, just go a week without eating bread and meat. I mean, eating bread and fried foods. And then if you could do that, we'll talk after that. Yeah, that's a good way to go. But if you don't do that, then I know you're bullshitting at yeah. that point. But yeah. when it comes to workout questions... Don't ask me workout questions no more. Please stop it. <laughs> like real. Well, I mean, like, I think that's another thing is that's impressive is like, so you're working on your modeling, you're working on your acting, but a huge component of that that like people don't realize how much work you put into your body to be able to do those things. That's just like another thing. It's like that it takes a lot of fucking time to to look the way that you look. It takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of fucking discipline. I know you work out every day at six a.m. That's yeah, fucking... yeah, four actually. Four? Yeah, it's four a.m. No four shit. A.m. every day. Um, that's yes. It definitely take a lot. So, this is how I like a typical day. Like four a.m. I'm up. I probably make it to the gym at four thirty. Uh, do the stairmaster for thirty minutes on like a level ten. Um, don't I don't go, I don't take no minutes. thirty minutes, I don't take no breaks, I don't stop, I just the whole thirty, flush it out, just get it out of the way. Then right after that I do incline, um um bench press, decline bench press, and then I do regular bench press, four sets, fifteen each rep. Um I start off with like a plate, then I go up to like a plate twenty five and then I just stay there at like a plate, uh, plate in twenty five on each side. Just stay there, and I don't, I don't really try to go too much higher right. and try to pull anything because I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. No, I'm just trying to look look nice. Right. Um, after that, I got a 
a set. I, I literally, and a lot of people don't think that this is right, but I swear, when I'm in training mode, I do 400 reps of abs every day. Jeez. 400. Because you got to think about it. I got to eat four times a day. I got to eat a lot of protein, too. So protein, meat, that shit pokes your stomach out sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we eat too much of it. So every time your stomach expands like that, your abs is getting expanded, too. So you don't see them. Mm -hmm. But once your abs, once your stomach start, you know, deflating and coming back to what it's supposed to be, then you start working your abs, they start getting more tighter and stronger. So I do that so much because I got to eat a lot. A week before my shoot, I treat it like a competition, like bodybuilding competition, since my brother do it. Mm -hmm. So that week of my shoot, um, I don't have no carbs. I don't have, I have probably like meat, probably like. Does it make you tired as shit? What? Hell, I get tired mostly the day before and of because I don't drink water. So when I say I don't drink water, I have literally one water bottle that lasts me two days. And when I drink it, I sip. And I sip. And that's it. And that, it has to be just like that. And that week of my shoot, I don't smoke nothing. Like I'm just sober. So I'm irritated because I ain't high. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then on top of that, I'm thirsty as shit. Yeah. And I'm hungry as hell because I, I can't eat. I don't eat before none no, of my shit. No carbs and dehydrated. That's mm-hmm. a great way to feel exhausted. Yeah. I'd be sleepy as hell. So, and then, but once that shoot's over, ah, oh man, I first thing I go get all the time is a barbecue chicken pizza. Oh, my God. That's I the first thing I get. Pizza, That's man. my first thing I get every time. Every time. <laughs> and right after that. It's a good reward. That, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a great reward. And just stay disciplined. I try to do it, um... And that's another reason why I want to do acting, because when it comes to photo shoot time, you really don't never know what the agencies when it comes to a photo shoot, because you don't know what type of photo, well, in the summertime, you know for sure it might be like a shirtless, since I'm a male, mm-hmm. so it might be shirtless, <clears throat> so I have to keep my body how it is, so it's right. no cheat days like that, no none, you got to stay disciplined throughout the whole summer. Winter time is more so more relaxed because you might have your sweater, suits, you know, full clothing and all that. So you can eat what you want to eat, but just make sure you keep your body mass, you know, muscle mass of what you want it to be. Um, but when it comes to acting, I, lo- I want to do acting so bad because it's like I love pretending to be like something, somebody else. Like, basically, like, I used to love, like, James Bond movies. It's my favorite. Man, mine too. Yeah. And I always wanted to be like James Bond. And then I, I love watching <laughs> That's scary movies. That's why Yeah. <laughs> I've watched all of them so many times. Yeah. And I always want, and I want to do scary movies because I'm always into scary movies, man. I, like, I love scary movies. Um, I was raised on scary movies. That's all my mother watched. Like, literally, yeah. that's all she watched. And her favorite time of the year is Halloween. So, um, I always wanted to be like, me personally, I want to be the bad guy in movies. I want to take that role. Because we're in a a generation now where the bad guys, like when you're younger, the the superhero is always the person. But when you're older, it's like, you know, you can can relate a little bit. You can see what the bad guy's doing. You know what I'm saying? So, I I feel like me being a bad, I want to play the bad guy. I want to take that role more often because... I mean, I think I could play it more better. Okay. 
instead of them always having to be the superhero and, you know what I'm saying, having those sometimes corny-ass cat phrases and yeah. all that type of stuff. But I feel like I can re- relate more being a bad guy yeah. and certain things more. Have you had any roles, um, whether it be commercials or anything else, where you're just like, man, this is kind of goofy, but I got to do it? Yes. 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 <laughs> He's like, yes. I had, I had Absolutely. commercials. <laughs> I had photo shoots that was like that, and it was like, okay, so you want me to do what again? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, shit, fuck it. So I have basically the same business one. I had, they just really wanted, like, keep going. I'm going to go take this. I had like 1700. I got paid like 1700. And it was only for like 30 minutes, man. And I got like, uh, what was it? I had to sit in there and do like a, a run on a track. And it was just some weird shit. I had to run on the track, but the whole time I had my phone because it was basically like you can set a, a, a emergency or instead of just calling Amalabs, you can use an app to do that type of shit now. So um, they definitely upgrading the whole of hospital world stuff too. But I mean, yeah, it was. I definitely come across a lot of BS when it comes to what they want me to do um, and how they want me to pose. Um, and that brings me to like doing runway. I don't want to do runway because of the simple fact a lot of people don't pay for that shit. And I don't want to do runway and I want to I don't want to have to change like f- 7 times and speed speed change 7 times and I'm not getting paid for it, you know. There's no reward coming from it. Um and basically all of them is just like local people that's making stuff no discredit to those guys i mean some of they should be fired but i just don't want to do a job that i'm not getting paid for um have you taken an improv class because i always leave not always mm-hmm. but a lot of times if i go like more than an hour hour and 15 i almost always leave the guests to just talk and see how they do <laughs> how oh, they do yeah. you just nailed it yeah i i, I took um Basically, what I did was more so of um, acting classes, um, and then me and my girl, like, we were just like, uh, oh, she practices with you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah, man. Definitely, that's fucking definitely. great. It's more so like uh, get some scripts and then just go ahead and do that like that. So it's pretty dope, man. I feel like that's more. And it's more fun, too, man. You meet more different people doing that stuff instead of producers. So my main time goal is what I... Basically, what I want to do is, like, I want to have my own modeling agency. And I want to do it for, like... I want to... I want to do it for anybody because there's certain requirements that you got to have to be a model. And it's tough as fuck to be a female model. I bet. Like... I think, a million of them. Man, and it's like, I think they got to be from like 138 to 170. I could be wrong. But I know industry. they had to stay at one, like, it starts at like 138, bro. And like, I see some of the models on TV and they look skinny. And I'd be like, I know she's skinny as hell in real life. Mm-hmm. Because the, the camera do add on 10 pounds. But. God damn, man. It's it's ridiculous. Like, some of the models I've seen that's in different stages just be like, bro, how do you maintain being this skinny? I can't be that skinny. Mm-hmm. It looks down to a sickness at that point. 
Mm-hmm. But I want to do it more so for you can have like your curvy women, your thick girls, um, you know, uh, girls who just want to do print and then just want to do like for face or just want to do like hands, you know, hand models and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, just print models. Just if you got a beautiful face and they just want to just take pictures, uh, they fit pictures. I mean, pictures of their face and just have it on billboards or some for for certain things. Because it's always some for somebody out there. Like my guy, my job, he always be like, man, I'm going to lose some weight so I can be an actor and do this model stuff. Which I'm like, bro, you ain't got to lose weight. Like, you can actually just clean yourself up, get your hair done right. I mean, you definitely going to have to, you know, clean your face up, facials all all the time, mm-hmm. do all that stuff. But, you know, <clears throat> eat right so you won't get all those pimples and drink what you're supposed to drink at certain mm-hmm. times. And I was telling them, like, and you can do it. Just put your mind to it. Don't say you want to do it. Just go do that shit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Just go do it, man. And <clears throat> that's one thing I was telling. Uh, I got, I was telling my, my nephew because he was messing up in school and stuff because of the crowd he was hanging with. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, man, you want to hang around. You want to you wanna put yourself around people that if if you know something is going down, you can call on them or depend on them no matter what it is. Like, my guys, man, I like, if I wanted to, I can call Hollis and be like, Hollis, I need $600 right now. Hollis will send that shit through Cash App and won't ask me no question. All he asked me is, yeah, when, 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 when do I expect a return? And you know me, I get my money back the day I say it, it's going to be there. So, But that's the type of people you want to surround yourself with because it's like I don't want to hang around people that's just like, bro, you know, let me let me borrow $20, shit, bro. I ain't got nothing until blah, blah, blah. Like, no, bro. <laughs> like, that means you're not doing shit. You're you not, you wasting your time on, on other bullshit and not trying to make the money. Or you using your money on buying all those joints and shit and trying to keep up with the Joneses and for no reason. Or you using all your money trying to impress some females and taking them on dates and shit and you ain't got no money. Or you just not smart with your shit, you know? Or you just not, you're happy of the level you're at right now. And I try not to surround myself around people where they're happy or they're content or where they're at at the place where they at now. That's why when it comes to certain things, uh, even with females, like if when it comes to dating, it's just like you don't want to lock yourself down to where it's just like, okay, I don't, I got to do this, 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 and that for her, and she just going to do this. It's like, no, man, look, this is what I, we're going to do this. You know, we could go half on this, half on that. I've, that's just my opinion mm-hmm. because it's just like I'm growing up in a house where it was just one person doing everything. And then now, since they paying all the bills, they don't have money for their own happiness and money for what they want to do, some free stuff. Like, my mother never been out of East Chicago, bro. Like, when I say that, like, dead ass. She just, only place she's been to is South Carolina, I'm going to say. And that's because my uncle stayed there. And... She never been to Vegas, never been to Cali. She never been, but I don't even think she ever been to Detroit, to be honest with you, or Ohio. Damn. You see what I'm saying? So, because she never had the money to do what she wanted to do because she was taking care of me and my sister at that time. So, 
uh, I try to tell people, like, man, you don't want to box yourself into that, man. Just go out there and keep your mind focused on what the goal is. Don't try... Don't put your life and your goal second to nobody, man. Even if you dating a girl, I ain't saying marriage. It's different between married and dating. But and well, I can I can even speak on the marriage. Uh, um, like so, Kayla and I, we've been together like ten years almost. Actually, yeah, ten years. I'm down to legally married. I yeah. mean, like yeah, for real, for but, real. Yeah, we've been <laughs> we've been married for a few years now, and she knows. And I think it's I think it's important for a man to like keep his purpose. Mm-hmm. To guide him so he can be a leader of his family. That's that's a personal opinion. I don't care if anybody agrees or disagrees. No, I that's agree how I with that. Um, and she knows that. Like, listen, if I'll give up on my dreams, like I'll give up on anything. Mm-hmm. Like a man to me has to stand firm in his purpose and be like you're saying, be themselves. Like live their life, who they're supposed to be, a hundred percent of the time. And then it's just like you, like I feel like I attracted the right woman. Like mm-hmm. she is the perfect woman for me. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And that's how it's supposed to be. Cause there's some people that's out here, man. I got this one friend that he been dating this girl for so long, he didn't even realize that she don't even want no kids. And it's just like, how the hell y'all go this long in a relationship, live together, all this, and then when you talk about kids, and she's just, oh, well, I don't want kids. Fuck. How the hell you don't know this information? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I make sure I know who my person is and what they want out of life. And I tell them, I tell everybody, man, look, my first thing is I'm trying to be on the big screen, bro. If you don't see the vision that I'm seeing, we, we, we don't need to be together or we don't mm-hmm. need to fuck around. We don't need to do shit. Basically, just you go your way, I go my way. Or if I see you, I brought Ripple, have some drinks or something, and that's it. But... Other than that, nah, I, I try to keep them people to a distance. Because they're distractions, man. They're the people that distract you all the time. Like, you know, I tell people, I, yeah, I go they, to the gym. They let you off the hook. Yeah. They make it okay to not do what you need to do. Exactly. They be like, well, you'll be all right. You can do it tomorrow. Like, yeah, you I tell can take people, a day off from the gym. Yeah, no, I can't take look a day you, man, off. You're from fine. Gym. You look good. You can take a day off. It's fine. And I, I hate those type of people because it's like, dude, no, I need that motivation. Give me yeah. in the gym. Don't encourage me to not do what I need to do. That's not a good friend. Exactly, man. That's when you probably be like, oh, yeah, you going to the gym? All right, well, shit. All right, bro. I, sh- I might go with you, you know what I'm saying, or something like that. But never uh, if a person like, oh, no, you good. You look good. You don't need to be. I tell people all the time, like, yeah, I look good, but I want my body to be more better than what it is. And they be like, what are you talking about? Look how you look. And I be like, no, look how this guy in Cali look. You know what I'm saying? That's my competition. I don't really think that I... Like, my competition out here is... I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, but I, I just feel... I, me, personally, I feel like I'm one of the best out here all around models when it comes to body and it comes to creative shoots and then it comes to actually poses. I feel like I'm all around one of the best out here. If I ain't the best, I, I'm definitely top three or top five. If I ain't, then... Somebody need to fix some shit, <laughs> for real. But I look at my competition more of those guys in Cali. Mm-hmm. Because in Cali, man, if you go to, I mean, you've been to Cali, so you already know how it is out there. They they work out junkies. They fit. They eat right. They do what they got to do. They always around the sun, so body going to look good. Mm-hmm. Out here, we got those winter laps where people get lazy, where it get too cold, and you be like, shit, I ain't trying to work out. You know what I'm saying? Because when the, when, the, when the snow first came, I, 
I definitely was like, I ain't going outside. It was about like seven degrees outside. Yeah. I was like, at 4 a.m., I was like, fuck, no, I ain't going to the gym. <laughs> Man, ain't that up, bro. We'll we just go out to work. And then I get off at 8 o'clock at work, and it's just like, Tired. Yeah, I'm tired, man. I ain't trying to go to no gym. You be like, man, fuck, I'm just gonna go to the crib and try to create some new new ideas or something mm-hmm. like that. But at that point, you know, you just gotta stay focused, man, and, and have the right circle of people around you. Cause without those people around you, it's just like it's it's nothing. It's, it, like you won't have the support, and then you are gonna start down yourself here and there. You know what I'm saying? And, that's one thing I never do. I never doubt myself from anything. I learned that lesson from when I was in jail, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have doubters. People going to always say, well, you know, well, you just a felon. And, uh, well, you you can't find a job. You just using that felony shit as an excuse and all this. It's just like, no, bro. But I ain't going to use that excuse. You know what? Fuck it. You're right. I ain't going to use that excuse. I'm going to go get me a job. Matter of fact, I'm going to go make my own job. And that's when I... Did the concert shit? I was like, "Fuck it, I ain't gonna, I ain't about to keep being a dishwasher." Cause literally, that's the job I got after I got out of work, uh, out of jail. I was a dishwasher, Panera Bread. Which, I remember that. Yeah, that bitch was jumping too. <laughs> 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 it was jumping in there too, man. I used to love that job. Bro. I swear <laughs> to God, it was always some drama. I forgot about now. that. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. And then that's when I was like, "Man, I see my life. I'm just looking like." I, matter of fact, I listened to Jay Z song, man. It was like this can't be life, uh, and it was him, Benny Seagulls, and uh, Scarface, and and I was just listening to it, and I was listening to what Hov said, and I'm just like, damn, it's like this motherfucker speaking right to me, man. You know, Jay, what he say? He was like, um, be surrounded by thugs, paraphernalia, all this. I'm just like, damn, bro, this really speaking to me, and I was just like, you know what? I sat in the room, I got high as shit, and I watched Wolf of Wall Street, and that's when it hit me. I was like, you know what? What job can I do while I can slightly uh, slightly become rich and I can meet famous people, celebrities, and all that shit? I'm gonna throw some concerts, and it hit me. And I just started Googling shit, putting ideas together and stuff like that. Seeing how much money would break down and stuff and everything. And shit, after that, it was like, cool, let's do it. First artist we ever got, Travis Scott. <laughs> That's crazy, ain't yep. it? That's I how big remember, he is now. Did you guys have a video of that? Uh, we had a video of uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, Jacquees, we had a video yeah, of Jacquees. Yeah, yeah. We had Jacquees by like three of our shows, man. Yeah. If I wish he was as big as now, and we had his ass. So, but when we we had Travis Scott when it was the before the rodeo, that mixtape came out, mm-hmm. and I told people like, man, we we need to get Travis in here, man, for real. We got Travis, we made some numbers, and I was telling people like, Travis gonna be the next up. Watch, like for real, just watch him, cause that was my pick. Cause usually we'd go rotation, and it was like. All right, I picked the artist for this concert, then the next people pick, and the mm-hmm. next people pick, and then we agree as a four as a group. That last concert we had, we had, we had Lil Bibby, uh, Tink, Jacquees, 
And then they threw fucking riffraff in there. And I was like, why would y'all throw riffraff in there? It was like, well, we can get him cheap because he going to be at another uh, venue performing at, at like a rock venue. And I'm like, well, if they want to see him at the rock venue, they're going to go to the rock venue and see him. Nobody's going to come to Hammond, Indiana, where it's all these black kids just out here and it's like black performing. Like, come on, man. That's the, that's the crowd don't even mix. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was telling them, I was just like, that ain't gonna, it's, it's going to be a waste of money, bro. And then as it was, it was a waste of 16 bands. And I told him, I was like, bro, y'all should never go. Because everybody went to the concession stand when, that, when he got on stage. Oh, man, that'd be, yeah, that'd that be was, miserable. Yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> I seen it. He only did like two songs. And he was just like, forget it. I would have did the same thing. I would have said yeah. the same shit. Fuck it. Why, why am I here <clears throat> at this point? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, I, I always tell people, man, do what you got to do to make the shit work, man. Everything going to plan out to be how you want it to be. You're going to jump over some hills, man, and you're going to get hit over here with a lot of BS, too. But I'm letting you know you can definitely do whatever you want to do. You just got to have a plan of attack. And then you got definitely keep a plan B. Definitely have to have a plan B and C, shit. Because sometimes plan A just ain't going to work. Or sometimes you grow out of plan A and you got to do different things to to get people attraction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what I always doubted myself at, and I told my, uh, I told Ryan this too. It was so funny. I told Ryan, I was like, I feel so stupid because the time when you came to me about the social media shit, I actually just looked over it. Like, I read it and everything. You know how to attract more people to, to Instagram and stuff like that, to mm-hmm. build your followers and stuff. And I was like, you know, I looked over it, and I was just like, man, you know, I don't really be on Instagram like that, so I can't really, you know what I'm saying, I don't really like it. Because I'm always, when it comes to the internet, I'm just iffy. Because mm-hmm. in my most discovery, that's how I got locked up. They used Facebook to see who I was. Right. So I'm just like... Man, I don't want to put my face on there. I don't want to put my city on there. I don't want to put shit on there. I don't even supposed to be leaving the state, so why would I even put anything mm-hmm. on here, you know? But now, seeing shit, I, I've been more interactive on my stories. I've been doing the question stuff. I've been doing the polls. Um, and I've just been interacting and more stuff, and my following's just been increasing and going up more. So if I would have did that shit like four years ago when you actually told me to do that, <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. how it always goes. <laughs> I know, ain't yeah. it? So yeah, so definitely, I feel like an asshole. I should have definitely did it. <laughs> should have definitely. <laughs> well, where can people find you on social? Oh man, you can find me on Instagram at King Bonaparte. If you don't know how to spell it, it's B O N A P A R T E, just like Napoleon Bonaparte, by the way. But you can the find Emperor. me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can find me on there on Instagram, King Bonaparte. You can find me on Twitter at King Bonaparte, and you can find me on Facebook at Divine Bonaparte. Or you could just put uh, type in Devin's World, and you can get me there too. Um, I really don't use Snapchat like that. I find like oh, Snapchat is creepy, man. I be yeah. having all type of people just follow me. I'll be like, who is this person? <laughs> And you'll never know who it is mm-hmm. until they actually post, but I don't be on there like that. Right, yeah. So no weird. Listen, man, I had a lot of fun. We just went two hours. Oh, yeah? This is a great conversation. Damn. <laughs> I had to do it again. This <laughs> yeah. was fun. I appreciate okay, you coming on. Man. Oh, yeah. You already know, man. All love for my mans right here. All love. Uh, I definitely appreciate y'all. Ha- well, you having me, man. I really do. It was a good time.
Oh. All right, folks. Hey, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed any of these episodes, I don't think I've asked one time. Give me a subscribe. Just click that little button, subscribe, maybe send it to a friend. Just do me a solid. All right, I appreciate you all. Thanks.